Right now we go to Dr. Daniel Call, professor of internal medicine at the University of Michigan, to talk about all things COVID and get caught up on that. Dr. Call, always good to have you on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to ask you about the uh, study that came out uh, just in the last couple of days that looked back on two years' worth of COVID responses from various cities and found that uh, measuring on three things, I think, uh, measured on mortality, they measured on education, and they measured on economy, that the cities that closed down the longest and that kept their kids out of school the longest and economically shut things down the longest actually fared the worst in those categories, economics and education, while not faring any significantly better than the cities, the, the states that uh, that were the opposite when it came to mortality and health. What do you make of that? Well, I haven't looked at that specific study, so I can just kind of answer things um, uh, generally, uh, you know, that um, when something new came out like that, I think it was difficult to know exactly um, how to proceed. I do think that, you know, what's been shown to work, mask wearing clearly worked uh, well. You know, vaccines have worked very well. Of course, those weren't available at that time. Uh, But entirely locking things down, um, like they're doing in, uh, you know, China right now, um, especially with a really contagious variant, is probably... uh, not going to work at at this point. I think it's hard to interpret some of those things because, like, if you look at New York, you know, it kind of got there first. You know, it spread around before anybody even knew what was going on. And so, you know, that did lead to more um, kind of draconian lockdown measures. Well, I mean, some of them, you know, California stayed closed for a long time in so many areas, particularly their schools. New York, long time. And New York was 49th. In this study, California, I think, was 47th. Um, it, it just seemed, and meanwhile, Florida, for example, which was kind of at the other end, finished uh, uh, like in sixth in the overall score, 27th when it came to mortality, and uh, or 28th when it came to mortality, and, and California was 27th. So two completely different approaches to it, and n- not, no difference, really, in terms of the percentage of people who ended up dying. Yeah, it's hard for me to kind of comment on a study that I, I haven't read, so I don't know what else I can tell you about that specifically. Right, well, read it, because, <laughs> <laughs> because it's everywhere, and it's, uh, and it's important, I think, in, in, the, uh, in the comprehension of this, of, of kind of what we've done and, and, and effectively what we're going to do going forward. Let's talk about the, uh, the fourth booster shot here now. Um, recommendations are people over 50 and uh there are a lot of people who are hesitant even people over 50 to get this again because everywhere we seem to look there are people who are getting this despite the fact that they have gotten the vaccine uh and and gotten the booster including some of our biggest political leaders who are protected all the time and tested all the time and now they're you know from Nancy Pelosi to the mayor of New York they're all out with COVID or where they came in contact with COVID. So what's your take on the fourth booster? Yeah. And I think what you'll notice is those folks who are getting it, they're doing fine. Uh, and they're doing fine because they've been vaccinated by and large. Um, and so in terms of the fourth booster, you know, I think that for most people, it's probably not necessary. And the evidence for it is quite thin. 
uh, for people who are uh, over 65, there is some evidence of a mortality benefit compared to having three shots. Uh, so that makes sense. Really, for people between 50 and 65 who are basically healthy and don't have other risk factors, there hasn't been you know much benefit shown for that group. Uh, I think the CDC, or really the FDA in this case, was trying to make it easy because so many people between 50 and 65 do have other risk factors. Right. So rather than define the risk factors and make it so complicated, just say, if you're over 50 and you want it, you can get it. So, for example, for my 84-year-old mother, you know, who tolerated the first two shots fine, I said, well, probably a good idea to go ahead and do it. Um, but for someone between 50 and 65 who's pretty healthy, the benefit's probably fairly limited. Yeah, I mean, uh, as as you say, well, those people are doing fine. They're not, meaning they're not dying. But now we look, you know, way after a couple of years of this thing, more than a couple of years, uh, isn't the percentage of people who die overall about 1%? Yeah, in that range. Right. So you know, when you say, well, they're doing fine, they're not dying. Well, the odds are 99 to 1 that they're going to do fine. And so are, haven't we reached a time where maybe we ought to be looking at this more from if you are immunocompromised, if you're diabetic, if you have heart, as opposed to this age group or, the, you know, this category of people, uh, when you're talking about an overall such a low percentage of people dying anyhow, shouldn't we be more specific to the health situation as opposed to, say, the age? Well, to, to be clear, so the rates of dying may be in the range you described overall, but if you were say, 75 or 80, you know, and you're unvaccinated, the rates are far, far higher. And also the rates of hospitalization, you know, in many groups approach 20, 30%. That's not happening to people who are immunocompetent and who are vaccinated. So the reason that hospitals aren't overwhelmed, the reason that we're doing well right now is because a large portion of the population has immunity. And some of that immunity comes from vaccination and some of that immunity comes from previous infection. So we'd be seeing a startling with Omicron if uh, we didn't have that, that layer of immunity that's developed. That's so, right. but I, so that's the premise. But I totally agree with your point that we're in a completely different place than we were two years ago because of all that immunity. And so, yes, the focus does need to be on immunosuppressed people who may not respond well to vaccine. And there are you know, really effective drugs and even preventative drugs um, for those folks. So the focus, I think, needs to be on, on protecting people who can't be protected by um, vaccine. If you didn't get the third shot, and they're talking about the fourth, so I'm assuming if you get a shot now, that'll be the third. How long do you have before you would have to get the fourth? If you're it's just now months, getting the third. Four months later, if you wanted to get the fourth. And it turns out, because of the evolution of the virus, the third shot is really important. It adds a, quite a bit of protection to uh, against hospitalization, that really hasn't been demonstrated for the four shots. So I think mm-hmm. the message is, you know, get the three if, if you can. Um, the fourth shot, except, you know, maybe for the groups you've lost, is a lot less benefit. But, if you, you know, if you want to, go ahead. There isn't uh, a whole lot of downside. Do we, have a, do we have a number yet on that we believe is accurate on how many people, for what percentage of Americans have had covid yeah, I mean, uh, 50% of Americans got Omicron, right? And so that's kind of my point, because even if your death rate's 1%, right, you know, <laughs> 1% of 
150 million people is a lot of lot of death, right? That's what one. So well, fifty percent got Omicron, and yeah. obviously people had Delta and and uh, and the and the other ones before it. Uh, so what's the overall percentage of people who have had COVID at least once? Yeah, I think you probably. I, I it's hard for me to give an exact number because it the studies are different parts of the country, but. You know, we're probably 60, 70 percent of people have either, uh, you know, been infected and then, you know, a large proportion of the population, 65 percent or so of adults have been vaccinated. And so that's why it's so much, uh, you know, less of a problem now. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm just wondering between the people who have gotten it on record, you know, who have have stated who have have tested positive and therefore we have some kind of record and the people who have gotten it, who never tested positive, who just got it, you know, they said, you know, I must have had it because I was out sick for a while, but they they didn't report it anywhere. So they're not counted statistically, but there are so many of them. We have to be close to I have I would I would think it's closer to 80, 85 percent of people who have had it. uh, If you really were to take into account all the people who have had it and didn't, you know, get didn't report it or didn't go down in some kind of official record. And that just seems a lot of people have had it once that, that, you know, hopefully wouldn't have to therefore worry about dying from it if they had it the second time again, uh, if you believe in natural immunity. Yeah. And, and there's no question getting infected, um, helps you, you know, with subsequent infections. Um, you can do what they call seroepidemiologic studies where you look at serologies, um, antibody responses and get, you know, a pretty good idea whether somebody had it, you know, whether they reported it or not. And I suspect the numbers probably are close to what you're, um, you're quoting. The problem is, is that a single infection example doesn't give you as good a protection as you'd hope. A single infection plus a vaccination or two gives you much better infection. So it's kind of a, a much better protection. Yeah. So it's kind of a combination of these different things to kind yeah. of achieve more immunity in the population. Well, we're getting to that point where single infection plus it's, it's like everybody now reports their sort of uh, uh, stats. It's like everyone has their own personal baseball card. Me personally, three, three, three injections and the disease. What do you got? Well, I got four jacks and a king. You know, I got two eights and a seven. That's kind of what it was. I had six injections with the. Well, I only had the. I only had one injection, but I had COVID six right. times. Oh. Right. One COVID for one injection. Yeah, hey. I'm bulletproof. Doctor Daniel, call. Thank you as always. Appreciate having you on. My pleasure. Take care. From the University of Michigan, it's 760 WJR.